Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and investment wisdom collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zanbergen. Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, showcase for wealth strategies and investment wisdom that's essential for our evolving world. Paul, today I need you to strap in because we have a very, very exciting show. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm ready. All right. Should I brace myself? Should I hold on tight here? Are we going to talk about uh, world yachts? Are we going to talk about diamonds? Are we going to talk about rare wines? What are we going to talk about here today? Well, all those are very interesting, and maybe we end up there, but we're going to keep it really financial. And I have a, a very good friend of mine and longtime business associate, Scott Heinle. Scott, welcome back to the show. It's great to be back. Not you know your, the, you know the key question time. to talk about Thank here? you for having he me, He mentioned gentlemen. just casually, as he walked in here, he's doing date night on a Tuesday night. I want to understand about yeah, that. Let's, That's, let's, what, how does that happen, Scott? Well, you know, there is Taco <laughs> Tuesday. You know, let's start there. <laughs> Uh, right. It's not Wine Wednesday. No. But, you know, the cervezas and the tacos and all this. So if uh, I said to my wine here, let's, or my wife, we're going to go out and special, have a special date. But let's do it when we have Taco Tuesday here and we can get half price tacos here. At, exactly. At the end of the day, <laughs> in a busy world, yes. you take what gems are given to you. <laughs> I number like one it. and yeah. number two. You take every opportunity to continue dating your wife. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? You there know what? You I think you just ended with your ultimate lesson. There you go. I'll repeat that. <laughs> okay. Because that is very, very poignant and um, very strong. I like that one. And I try to practice that on myself. So good to you. Good for you. Absolutely. All right. Well, Scott and I talked about so many different things we could talk about. We are going to keep it financial. Um, and just as a reminder, um, how is it, do you, Paul, that you think that Scott and I know each other? From what what common area do you think we have in common among well, other things? Something financial. You're in financial. He's in financial. So there's some okay. connection. You must have. You must bigger do... than that. This is what most of my guests go. Oh, back for. really? You, you, go he's back. another one of the four AM crowd here. Yeah. Well, this morning we were both a tad on the late side. A little sleepy, you know. It's uh, it's <laughs> the, tis the, se- tis the season. <laughs> yeah, slept in. Right. Yeah. There is a world of connections of powerful people that's getting up way before I do and working out <laughs> someplace. It's a, it's a secret society here, and you've you've uncovered it for us here. Yep, that's that's ours. It's the power people who are getting up at uh, the ungodly time and at four a.m. and working out here. We're simply just trying to figure out how to stretch more than twenty four <laughs> hours out of a day. Yeah, yeah. exactly, and right. not even. Bill Gates has figured it out. So, <laughs> and actually, I know this isn't the subject matter, but um, and I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Paul, when um, when it comes to productivity and so forth. And one of my least favorite remarks from someone is, "Is I just don't have time for whatever it is. I just don't have yeah, the time." A lot right. of times, it has to do with work. I just don't have time. Right. Well, my response to that is, "What are you doing at four a.m.?" Because, <laughs> sleeping <laughs> because the gyms are open and we all have 24 hours a day and it's what yeah. we decide to do with those 24 hours that's right so, anyway i'll get off that soapbox um i w- am pleased to have scott today scott and i have worked together for many many years um as business associates and his specialty lies in insurance-based products and a couple that I think we would like to talk about today. We'll start with one and see how far we get. And if not, we we'll have to have Scott back again another time. Um, there are there's products that have been available in, in the financial world forever and are considered very um, traditional. And but as time goes on, like technology and things advance, and I think products have too. Don't, wouldn't you agree, Scott? Absolutely. 
And with that said, I'm, I'm going to start with the with the long term care. And if we get to the, uh, anything else, we'll, sure, we are. Um, yep. But if we t- so long term care insurance, and we've talked about long term care insurance on the show before, and the the purpose of long term care insurance is for people who want to protect their wealth. While you're working, many people may either through their their job or on their own get a disability insurance policy, and that actually protects their income. And long-term care is designed to protect their wealth. Because if something were to happen, and there's some pretty high statistics that, that someone might need some sort of care, either at home, we can get into that, or at a facility, and those mm-hmm. are two distinguishing factors, um, it can get extremely pricey, and depending on the size of your state, and there does become a size of your state where you'd like, hmm, you know, we can totally self-insure, we can pay for this, not a problem. Without question. And there is this gap where, and, and, and actually, let's let's address this, <clears throat> on the very, very low side for someone who has no assets, there are state programs that can take care of that if, if, if you'd like to rely on that. But then in the middle, which is a pretty big band, uh, there are those of us that are exposed to to high costs. Correct, correct. So a traditional long-term care policy, and I have been, you know, when needed, have recommended to my clients on the tw- over the 27 years of my career. Um, uh, it, it, when, when used as designed or if they work as designed, or uh, it, it, great on paper it looks great if you have the inability to do two of six ADLs activities of daily living Scott I'm going to go it I usually leave one out so keep track of me so here's your your six ADLs bathing transferring walking eating continence and uh, transferring transferring yep so and some of them overlap right so yeah. Uh, getting in and out of the bed, in and out of the car. That's right. Tra- that's the definition of transferring. Yep, that's the definition of transferring. Yeah. So then you have the 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 exact term we use is toileting, right? So being yeah. able to use yeah and control. This is a sexy topic, right, everybody? <laughs> uh, but at the same time, it's a serious topic. So some yeah. of them, as an example, you need to be able to get on and off the toilet independently sure. of yourself and yeah. control your right situation without yeah. lack of better explanation. So those some of them overlap and a number of them do. Now yeah. the other one that 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 isn't a physical per se, but the largest qualifier would be cognitive impairment. Bingo. Yeah. Um, and that's separate of the two of uh, uh, that's separate of, of the, the six. six ADLs. Yep, absolutely. So and any any com any combination two or more of, right? Yeah. yeah. Those six that you just described, as well as any form of defined cognitive impairment, triggers the benefit for you being a long-term care recipient, so to speak. And just I want to be clear, and it's it's and or. So you're inability That's correct. to do two of six. So and because they're so closely connected, um, inability to toilet and or transfer to the toilet. So That's those right. Are two things. So those two would trigger it, if not an elimination period. It may it start the benefit. Correct. And or by a doctor be diagnosed as cognitively impaired. That's right. Okay. So that's definition. Um, Some policies may have what you might call a waiting period. In other terms, might be considered deductible anywhere from 30 to 90 days. You can go up to six months. Of course, that will help dictate or will dictate the uh, premium or the cost for the insurance. Most plans today are going to be zero to 30 days to qualify for home benefits. And then 60 to 90 for facility-based coverage. However, understand, uh, and this is a very generous provision in the fact that 80-plus percent of individuals receiving some form of care are receiving care in their home. 
Mm-hmm. So that's the first and largest misunderstanding or misconception that we always want to make people make sure people understand and that the the need for long-term care in this country and receiving those cares is not the nursing home facility it's not the hospital type situation it's you're simply in an uh, in a position where you're needing some additional assistance to get through the basic activities of the day that's predominantly what long-term care is in a very large variance uh, based on that individual situation in this country. Mm-hmm. And can I can I just chime in for one second? Yeah. I, I just want to emphasize, anybody who's thinking of tuning out, don't. <laughs> this is the most critical thing that is not being discussed today for us aging baby women. I'll tell you why. I saw it firsthand. My aging father, who died at 93, and then I took care of my maiden aunt. Uh, my mother's had died before that. Her sister never got married. I took care of her. Both of them had Social Security. Both of them had, you know, decent middle-class jobs. Both of them had what they thought was enough savings. Not to live to be 93. They both, especially my aunt, outlived their money. And my aunt, at the end, the last years, was getting a whopping $2,500 a month between Social Security and her uh, little pension from being a secretary. A 40 years that she worked for this thing. But she was retired for 40 years. She didn't know she was going to live that long. She outlived her money. And the cost of when she could no longer get up and go to the toilet safely without fear of falling, when she could no longer do some of these simple elementary things, you think, oh, my goodness. It, it was years. It was awful. And she had no money. She couldn't afford $10,000 a month to go move into a facility. So she was stuck. She had no long-term health care. She had no children. She had me driving two hours out once a month to see her in the desert and meals on wheels and other people going to help her. And it was miserable and it was frightening. And, yeah. and, and I don't think any of us are ready for that. We somehow think it's not going to happen to us. Lucky us, we're going to be the longest-lived generation in history. How are we going to, many of us are going to outlive our savings and our money, yeah. I fear. Yeah, what I say at every event that we have the opportunity to to be invited to and present at is uh, the risk of uh, long-term care to to an individual and or to a household, it simply is the single largest unfunded risk facing retirees today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's You owe it to yourself to have that meaningful conversation and you said it very well the last time we had that we had this talk was that this is all about eating your veggies and doing what discipline would would tell you you should be doing mm-hmm. but many of us just simply neglect yeah. right yeah. until it becomes a facing reality and then we become in this crisis response responsive behavior which uh just doesn't lend itself to to being uh, an optimal execution. Yeah, let me yeah. just tell you one quick story. We had somebody in about a year or two ago. As I was going through this with my aunt, went through it with my dad, and then went through it with my aunt. Came in, talked about the same issue. His father had worked in the music business very successfully, had accumulated a couple million dollars back in the day, and had retired, you know, a long time ago when that was a lot of money, he thought, and moved out to the desert and developed some serious disability and disease and started needing full around-the-clock care and then an institutionalized facility and whatnot. 
they burn through a couple million dollars like that mm-hmm. and not only and then ran out of money and the son had to quit his job and become the full-time caregiver because they could not afford to keep dad in the facility anymore. And he talked about, you know, his dad in his wildest imagination never thought he would outlive a couple million dollars, which to him was a fortune back in the 70s or 80s. Right. Yeah, so both of you know that that my my role with my clients is obviously I manage their money, but also we go through a very holistic planning. And I go through and I ask many, many questions. We have a 61-question kind of discovery process. And part of the process is... Um, questions along the lines of should you get to a point where you need care where would you prefer to have care and you know 99 out of 100 times I want to take be taken care of at home like you know obviously that's obvious and second and this becomes a little bit less tangible but it's like I don't want my children to help me go to the bathroom Bingo. I, I, I just don't want to have that humiliation or put my children it's horrible through I had that. to have my dad do it all the time yeah it, it, it's human behavioral response that they're telling you that they want to receive care in the comfort of their own home who yeah. doesn't yeah and two it's about dignity and independence yeah. nobody wants to give up their driver's license right yeah but for some individuals, that becomes just a fact of life at some point. Yeah. Uh, so it's maintaining independence and dignity for as long as we humanly can. And we do not want to be an imposition of those that we care for and about the most. Yeah. And there's the intangible conversation of why every person, every household should have a long-term care plan in place. Let me be very clear, though. That does not mean you have to buy insurance. Uh, absolutely right? not. Of course. Of course. But it does have to, it has to be a plan. Um, I'll give you what? another quick example. The guy that uh, I got to know lived next door to my dad out in the desert. His dad had a stroke. Now, in the old days, you didn't live very long after you had a stroke. He lived for 10 years in a facility at 100000 plus a yeah. year. Then his mother got Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and another 10. And it wasn't a year or two. He spent 20 years... Uh, average a hundred thousand out of his pocket every year i mean how many of us could afford to do that for how long with i don't think we're prepared for the length of uh, of the process exactly the length of the need and i want to and i want to emphasize because what we're talking about is just what long-term care is and how do you address it and not everybody needs the insurance that absolutely 100 percent clear there it's just but a plan if everyone's in agreement that you know the 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 surviving spouse is going to take care of her as long as he or she can, great. Right. Um, there needs to be a backup plan in case surviving spouse isn't there, so on and so forth. Um, but so what I want to do is kind of now kind of take a step back. Now we've kind of defined what it is and what the purpose is and so forth. So for many 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 years, especially in the beginning of my career, there are and they still exist today. There are policies, uh, insurance policies that are designed just for long-term care. That's it. You buy a long-term care policy, and it works much like your just to simplify, maybe like your car insurance or your homeowner's insurance. You have the insurance for as long as you pay for it. You stop paying, you no longer have it. Uh, there's a certain benefit amount. It pays for a certain amount of time. It may have the deductible or wait period, so on. Here lies the problem that those there in the insurance world we get a little bit technical here there are there are people whose jobs are they are called actuaries and they their job is to run analysis to say to make sure the insurance companies make money at the end of the day that's what they do correct um, and but more technically they need to figure out okay on average someone is going to live this long or need this much care it's going to cost this much right 
Well, however it happened, whatever it did happen, however it happened, is that they weren't priced properly. And we have seen many of those policies that were, you know, back in those days, very reasonably priced for, for great benefits. A lot of these benefits paid a lifetime. Oh, gosh, yes, yes. I and, mean, and, and very rich you know, uh, what we would call COLA, cost of living adjustments, yeah. at 5% compounded. Yeah. Um, and so you're, you're, you're looking back. The timing when you're describing this was back from the early 80s, mid 80s. Uh, I'm early and, 90s guy, but yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. but th- 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 that's when it began, right? So yeah. as, they, as they move on, yeah. the actuarial risk that we're talking about that you just yeah. touched on, as time goes on, that gap widens and widens and widens to where you can no longer push that aside. Right. What nobody wants is an insurance company to be unable to pay claims for those policyholders, right, yeah. that are in need of care, right? So that kind of circles back to the consumer aspect of they are in business to be profitable, right? Yeah. But what the underlying concern and objective has to be, they have to be in a good position to be able to pay all the claims on those policies. So there lies the next step. So what we've seen m- happen numerous times over the last <clears throat> several years are carriers that have said, you know what, this is not profitable for us. We're losing money. We may be making it up on another aspect of our business, call it the life insurance, but we are losing money. So they have sold that part of their practice to, or their that book, book yep. to another carrier. Um, to my knowledge, it's got maybe you know I don't know of any of any carrier that said that has not paid or has uh, been unable, but they certainly have stopped writing that business and or moved their book. Correct. And then here's where really the rubber hits the road. Some of my clients have had some have made some big decisions, either have significant significant premium increases and or agree to a reduction in something. Um, The most recent was, and this wasn't the worst thing in the world because these people have had their policy for 20 years. Their benefit has doubled and a half by then. Correct. But their COLA, has they've reduced it from 5% down to 2. 2, right. Which is, okay, that's not terrible. It's not what we had designed, but it's not terrible. Correct. From 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 the change date going forward. Correct. Not retroactive, Correct. right? So yeah. So they're not they're not harmed going back. So I'm Correct. I'm I'm you know I'm not I'm not super upset about that. Yeah. But with all that said and we've talked about advancements and so forth. So there are now new ways to obtain long term care insurance and not have the issue of rising uh, premium and then also have um, maybe uh, to use a term, uh, two birds with one stone. Um, there comes, and then Scott, you and I will talk about it, kind of what either known as the hybrid life insurance long-term care or a, a life insurance policy that has a long-term care rider on it. Yeah, yeah. so the, the, the language, the verbiage that you're seeing out there on your internet searches and what have you is going to be exactly hybrid long-term care insurance or asset-based long-term care insurance. So you're seeing a number of different you know, terms being used for essentially what is the same thing. Yeah. Essentially, we, as the consumer, have the option to reposition assets in our portfolio, uh, depending on any number of locations that they may be, existing cash value life insurance, maybe it's existing annuity, maybe just it's a, the safe and guaranteed low-yielding you know, assets in your portfolio. 
So there's a number of ways that you can go after that, but it simply is a repositioning of those assets, and in exchange for that, and you have to qualify, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to get a leverage of those benefits for specifically long-term care benefits, and those benefits, if paid, are going to be fully tax-free due to the pension protection action provisions set forth by the government, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, now, with that said, there's ancillary benefits that you're describing. So there's the two birds or even three birds with one stone, whereas uh, there'll be an asset value, albeit very modest, and sometimes just your premium. And timing comes into that as well. Yeah. But then there's also potentially a life insurance be- death benefit that would be attached to that. Um, and so there's where you would get the multiple yeah. benefits. The, the the new design of these solutions are where the insurance companies are 100% on the, on the hook or guaranteed to pay out a benefit, a benefit to the policyholder to pay for long-term care a benefit back to the policyholder in a cash value, right? Or to the beneficiaries through a life insurance death benefit. So let's play this out. And um, because by everything you said is true, let's let's make it more real life for the for the listeners. So um, someone decides, okay, I'm going to transfer, you know, um, assets from my right pocket to my left pocket. My left pocket is going to be a an asset-based long-term care. Yes. So this person will have um, and I'm going to use kind of a rough example from something we did recently. Um, it was about a 65-year-old. It was a $100,000 transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was about $4,500 a month. Of a long-term care long-term benefit. Long-term care yeah. benefit for, uh, there was, was it a pool or was it a, 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 a timing? Was it- that, that was lifetime. Well, that was yeah, lifetime. so, so, so that, that $4,500 a month allowance, if you will, yeah. or limit for LTC benefits yeah. was unlimited for that person. Okay. Um, now, let's say... They don't use it. I mean, at the end of the day, we all buy insurance uh, for our perils, and we hope we don't need it. We hope our house doesn't catch on fire. We hope we don't smash our car. Right. Right. But it's there in case we need it. So let's hope we don't use it or need it. Now, that $100,000 starts with a death benefit of not significantly higher, but I think we're close to, I mean, it varied based on the different companies. Yeah, I think maybe it was 150, 160, something like that. Yeah, exactly. So the heirs, even from day one, they transfer 100,000 in. Right. Day one, there were uh, uh, 150, and there was some, a little bit of growth to that. Correct. Um, And then in the third, so scenario two, so scenario one is they use some period of their life for the benefit. And oh, by the way, Whatever is left over from the long-term care, there will be some reduction of death benefit, but the beneficiary still gets a payout right? tax-free. Right. So in this scenario, if the $4,500 a month was available, that would be $52,000 a year, $54,000 a year of total benefits that could be paid to the policyholder. Forty-eight. Well, it was $4,500 a month, right? Oh, 45, okay, you got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So uh, let's just say it was $50,000 a year for simple. Okay, we'll split the difference. (laughs) Um, And if the death benefit was one fifty. The the carrier, the the policy is reducing the benefits dollar for dollar based on the claims that are being paid. To whereas after three years, right, the death benefit has been exhausted, and now you truly are on or using the insurance company's money yeah. to help continuing pay for care. Right. There's where the tremendous amount of leverage yeah. comes into play in what is a risk that an individual cannot quantify. Nobody knows how long right. they're gonna need they're gonna need care. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? So talk about the need for that. I guess that's what struck me is so few of us are prepared. We have car insurance. We have other things. How few of us are prepared to live potentially 20, 30 years with need? So hold, hold that. Um, that's going to be the exact next thing. But okay. I just want to address the third thing. So we've addressed someone um, has a long-term care need. They get their benefit for as long as they need it. Someone doesn't need it or doesn't use it all. The death benefit goes to the beneficiary. That's two. Number three, let's say, I don't know, 20 years from now, and they decided for whatever reason, hey, I don't want the policy anymore, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, Right. there's going to be some cash value. And depending on the company, there could be exactly what you put in. There could be slightly less. There could be there could be more. So Correct. Absolutely. Really, the cost of the coverage for that time was opportunity cost because that 100000 could have been somewhere earning some money. Correct. So you're really... What you've done is you've used earnings from that hundred thousand to pay the premiums, the premium internally. Correct. Absolutely. So very common is, you know, a policy like this will pay a gross interest of four percent. Well, that's a pretty good interest rate, and it's fully guaranteed. That's gross, as yeah. you just stated. Yeah. Uh, that there there is also a deduction for the cost of the insurance that the consumer is buying. Yeah. Therefore. Or thereby, you know, reducing the gross interest rate that's earning, yeah. uh, but but all 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 being said, still a rate of return that is being delivered to the policyholder. Yeah. So over time, yeah, you're going to be a little bit above. At the end of the day, these products are not designed to help an individual or household create more wealth. They're meant as a risk management solution Protect. to help preserve. Right. Right. One last thing I actually noticed now we're running out of time because I want to address Paul's question. But the last thing is, and I didn't even think about it until you, you, you mentioned something earlier. This was another client we worked on a few years ago from a tax uh, play. Someone had a very highly appreciated annuity. And just as information for those who don't know, m- money coming out of annuity is going to come out as ordinary income above basis. So if you put in 50 grand, it's worth 200 grand. 150 is going to come out ordinary income. If you recall, we took that, whatever the dollar amount is, I don't think that's the right dollar amount. We took the several hundred thousand dollars, we 1031'd it into um, five. 1035, sorry, right. real estate. 1035 it into a kind of an asset based annuity long term care. Now, um, um, it's not a, actually, I want to make sure you correct me, I don't think it's a step up in basis. However, should they need the benefit, it's going to come out now tax-free. That's exactly right. Scissor. But it's not a step up from the It's not. The basis remains the same okay. uh, because you're moving. So a 1035 exchange is an annuity or life insurance policy that is transferring in kind, so exactly the same way, no to another event. annuity or life insurance. In this situation, yeah. we're talking about clients who might have an old, dusty annuity, I like to call it, right? Yeah. That has earned an interest rate, and, and their cost, is, cost basis is significantly lower than what the current value is. There's no anticipation for them to, to need that asset to help supplement retirement income. It has been set aside Right for that emergency, and for most retirees, emergency is going to be what yeah. happens if right. Um, so what we can do is, as you said, 1035 exchange that asset over, and we can give two or three or even four times leverage on that pool of money for long-term care benefits. And because of the Pension Protection Act, if the benefits are paid to pay for care, 
it's 100% tax-free. Yep. The, the, the underlying annuity remains exactly the same. Cost okay. basis remains the same. The gain is intact in the policy. Yep. So if they were to pass away and never need care or only use a little bit of care, the, the benefit to the, to the estate, to their beneficiaries, still going to be an annuity taxed as an annuity. Great. Okay. Um, Let's make. I want to last uh, answer the last question of Paul's, and before we wrap up, Paul, you have something else. No, sure? just I, 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 I'm amazed. I didn't know there were so they'd gotten so creative with all yeah. this stuff here, and it sounds like there's lots of answers out there. But I still say the majority of the people I know are not even thinking of this insurance, much less. Do you, do you know the stats on that, um, Scott? As our <laughs> of our final thing, I know it's not. Uh, Paul's right that the a majority of Americans do not have coverage, and they just assume. It's going to be taken care of. But let's go the other way. The probability of needing some sort of care, whether it's at home a few hours a week to full-blown nursing home care, isn't it 75% at some point in your Are life? Are going to need some... Oh, yeah. So at, the, 60, at age 65? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yes. The, so the data is something important knowledge-based. However, it's not a driver to... To move anybody to make a decision, so that that's what I want to be clear on. Yeah, However, yeah. The, st- the stats tell us that that there's uh, a 70 percent likelihood that an individual age 60 and above is going to need some form of care in their lifetime. Hmm. Uh, the longer you live, the higher that probability is. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. All right. Um, we got to wrap up. So, Scott, you op- So, first of all, thank you. For Absolutely. sharing your knowledge, and I, I thank you. I somehow want to apologize because I know this was much more technical, and we've we've been doing a little bit less of that lately. But I think it's it's just a very very important subject. It's a critical subject for those of us who've had to deal with aging parents and suddenly realize nobody's paying for this. It all comes out of pocket, and it's extremely expensive, and it's for a long period of time. You know, we used to get old and die in a couple of years doesn't work that way anymore people can literally live with these disabilities and needs 10 or more years at astronomical costs hmm. bankruptable costs yeah for sure yeah, the largest claim right now still active by the way is is paid out over two million dollars in claims to date wow that's significant that's that's not the norm don't yeah. get me wrong yeah but it's out there. That that's where you just simply can't. At the end of the day, you just can't quantify the risk. Yeah, exactly. Right, um, Scott. You started with the <laughs> uh, ending question, which is your ultimate lesson learned. Tell us again. Stay fit. Stay active. Don't let the grass grow under your feet. (laughs) Don't stop dating your wife. That was the one. Love wine. (laughs) Enjoy wine or whatever your pleasure is in life, and and find joy and balance. Yeah. There we go. All right. Thanks, everyone who's tuned in. We look forward to being back in studio again next week. Cheers. Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting bartzanbergen.podbean.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzanbergen.com. Bart A. Zanbergen, CFP, and Letitia Burbaum, AIF, are registered investment advisors with Optivist, Inc., and registered representatives with Gramercy Securities, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered by Optivist, Inc., under SEC registration.